0: Back again for another episode of the best. Let me repeat that one more time: the best up and coming podcast on the internet, and that podcast is No Truths Bard, the Thinking Man's Podcast. And I thank you for joining me again on this brand new episode of No Truths Bard. And once again, I always like to thank everyone that's listened to any of the previous episodes. Right now, episodes 1 through 24 are available on Spotify. So, if you have that Spotify subscription, make sure you go ahead and check out the most recent episode of No Truths Bard. Also, if you have uh, an account on SoundCloud, make sure you go ahead and check it out because No Truths Bard is available on SoundCloud as well. Uh, just type in No Truths Bard if you're using your web browser, or if you have the app, just go ahead and search. Uh, the No Truths Bard podcast, but on SoundCloud is just No Truths Bard. And also on SoundCloud, episodes one through 24 it are is available as well. And also, if you are not following me on social media, make sure that you're following me. You can follow me on Facebook. Instagram, and Twitter, all three of those at Hoyt, H-O-Y-T, underscore Kwaku K-W-A-K-U, underscore Timmons. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all of the most recent updates of everything related to No Truths And Also, uh, all, on all of my various social media outlets, I try to provide my perspective, my acumen, if you will, on various events going on currently, on uh, various things dealing with history, and little social critiques here and there. So uh, on my social media outlets, I take the time to properly disseminate my perspective in conjunction with my own research and uh, various types of information. So make sure you follow me on all three of those. And once again, Welcome to episode 25 of No Truths Bard. It's a Friday, so I'm gonna get you guys in and out of here. But I wanted to take this time for Black History Month to do something a little bit different. Because so many times in Black History Month, we we uh relegate the the scope of what should be classified as Black history, as what should be classified as significant events in Black history. We really look for political, we look for social justice, and there's nothing wrong with that because when you look at our history within this country from 1619 up until now, and honestly I would argue more so the 1650s up until now, uh, because a lot of African Americans really wouldn't have a direct connection with the Africans that were uh, brought here um, to Fort Comfort Uh, In 1619. So a lot of us really wouldn't have that connection. But not to digress. I wanted to take an episode. And pay reverence. Pay reflection. And give praise. To an album that's near and dear to me. An album that I think is a milestone. In the genre of hip hop. An album that is still relevant until this day. And an album that also speaks to many of the things that plague Black communities throughout the United States of America. This episode 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 twenty five is classic corner, and I thought about it. I said, you know, I want to start to take the time because I'm a I'm a I'm a former MC and kind of a, a quasi MC at the moment. I kind of dabble in writing, so I've been on the fence about actually really putting myself back out there as far as a, a an MC and a lyricist. But this episode of Classic Corner, I want to dedicate to Illmatic, and I wanted to talk about Illmatic because when you look at Black history or whatever we say constitutes. Black history. What is it? It's a milestone. It's something that made a landmark. It's something that you don't see again. And Illmatic was a paradigm shift in hip hop on so many different levels and from writing, from production, from what else was going on in the current climate of hip hop. So when you look at Nas, And Nas released his album on April 10th, 1994. And although we recognize him as probably the most prolific MC to come out of Queensbridge, and if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what Queensbridge is, uh, Queensbridge housing projects uh, were, uh, are, excuse me, housing projects in Queens, New York, and I believe possibly one of the largest or the largest housing complex, public housing complex in the United States. And this is where uh, Nas comes from. But prior to Nas, you had M.C. Shan. And if you think about M.C. Shan, he really was a pioneer. He paved the way for a lot of other artists that would come after him uh, from the Queensbridge housing projects. You have Marley Marl, which you, you, uh, a a legendary hip hop producer where because of him, he organized probably one of the greatest rap groups or a rap or hip hop collectives of all time with the juice crew and the juice crew had a big daddy Kane, although he's from, from Brooklyn, a big daddy Kane, cool G rap, master ace, Craig G. Um, and, uh, am I forgetting anybody? Big daddy Kane, cool G rap. Master Ace, Craig G, and I feel like I am, and MC Shan, MC Shan, pardon me, MC Shan was part of the Juice Crew as well, and as you know, uh, one of the most notorious things, one of the most notable things with MC Shan is his feud with the, another rap legend from the Bronx by the name of KRS-One, so anyway, I don't want to get too much into that, but, you know, MC Shan, Roxanne uh, Shantae, contemporaries of Nas, you have to look at Mob Deep, you have to look at uh, Tragedy Gaddafi, you have to look at, uh, Cormega, who actually was supposed to have a deal and come out before Nas did, uh, I saw I saw an interview with Marley Marl. Actually, I think it was on Drink Champs where he mentioned that. He was actually working with Cormega, but Cormega was, I guess, into certain activities or whatnot and really wasn't able to be around as much um, and and kind of be consistent with the music as much as Nas and other rappers that would come out of Queensbridge. Uh, But Nas hailed from Queensbridge put out his album in 1994, so let's look at 1994, so why is 1994 important, I think there are a few milestone years in hip-hop, to me, this is my opinion, my opinion as far as milestone years go, I would say 1988, 1988, I would say 1994, 1996, 1998, 2001, I would also say, in addition to 2001, um, man, it gets kind of murky in the 2000s. Uh, 2004, 2008 was a great year. I would definitely say the most recently, 2018. 2018 was heavy. But anyway, 1994, you have to think about what was coming out. And also, think about... The prominence and the proliferation of gangster rap via the West Coast. Now, that's not to deny the importance of the West Coast contribution to hip-hop, but you had a huge presence of West Coast hip-hop that was preponderant at that particular time. And it's not to say that East Coast hip-hop was dead, not by the least, not by a long shot, but you had West Coast hip-hop that was preponderant at the time And a lot of the East Coast acts that were coming out were guys uh, like Fat Joe, you had like uh, Brand Nubian, you had um, uh, people like uh, uh, J.Rude the Damager. Um, You had a lot of those more early 90s acts where the, the emphasis was the street credibility, the emphasis was being hardcore. Uh, and that's not to say you didn't have have you know lyricists as well, because you know they were around at that particular time. Because you still had you know Kane, Rock was still around, um, KRS was still around as well. But at, at the time, the premier the the premier artists that would have been needed on various levels to juxtapose Uh, The influence of West Coast hip hop really hadn't have hadn't came to prominence in that like 1990 through 93 period. But 94 was 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 special. It's one of those special years because if you take Illmatic out of the equation, what else came out of that year? You had Southern player listed Cadillac music. Which was a classic debut by Outkast. And also in their own right, although the South wouldn't gain the recognition that it sh- that it deserved until a lot later, Southern player cat Southern Player Alicia Cadillac Music, real tongue twister there, to get to get <laughs> to get the day with that album out. But Southern Player Alicia Cadillac Music presented lyricism. Done from a unique capacity with a southern take on it, and not to say that it didn't exist because you had UGK, you had the Ghetto Boys uh, that were already out, but there really wasn't anything like Outkast, and honestly, there hasn't been anything like quite like Outkast since Outkast. They 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 were and are um, an anomaly when it comes to hip hop. What else came out in 1994? You had the debut album by Method Man, Tikal, and Method Man was coming out of the Wu Tang clan. And remember, you know, they dropped in '93 uh, into the Wu Tang 36 Chambers, and Tikal was a classic. Uh, Resurrection from Common out of Chicago, that came out that year. I love Resurrection. I think. Oh, pardon me, folks. You know that when we're recording you're always not never supposed to hit the table, so pardon that particular sound i i'm just getting i uh, I'm just getting a little amp, but Common with resurrection came out the o c word life that came out there yeah. I love that album um I'm trying to think what else the main ingredient Pete rock and c l smooth and pete rock actually would produce on illmatic blow out comb diggable planet so. There was a lot coming out in nineteen ninety four so what was the importance of illmatic like what okay, you're talking about classic horn ill classic corner illmatic what's the point of even mentioning illmatic illmatic one when you look when you when you listen to illmatic certain concepts an array of producers and a level of lyricism was presented to the world that was unheard of prior to that album. What Nas did for New York hip-hop and to expand this particular concept outward, what Nas did for hip-hop in general was to take the game of penmanship, To take the level of lyricism and to boost it to another level. Some people compared him to Cool G Rap. Some people compared him to Rakim or he was often called the second coming of Rakim. But I think Nas, and this is no diss to Rakim. This is no diss to Cool G Rap. I think Nas, not even think, but I... I know Nas, but once again, when you get really deep into these discussions about music and these opinions about certain albums, things be- things begin to become rather subjective. So from my opinion, let me preface it by saying from my opinion, Nas took lyricism to a, n- a new level. So I think about songs like New York State of Mind, and I'm a person, I'm a listener. Now, mind you. I listen to Illmatic after the fact. But when you listen to a song like New York State of Mind, it's very important. It's very important in the sense that what New York State of Mind provides is probably one of the most descriptive storytelling tracks in hip hop. You know, there's certain lines in there where Nas talks about, you know, uh running through the building lobby was full of full of children probably couldn't see as high as I be the game ain't the same uh man like the 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 lyricism is so descriptive like you literally if you if you put your headphones on you can literally see yourself in a Queensbridge housing project lobby and you can see the people you can see the children you can see what's going on One of my favorite lines ever is on that rap song, is on that particular song, New York State of Mind. When he said, it drops deep as the depth of my breath. I'm never sleeping because sleep is the cousin of death. Wow. That is a that if if you could have what the fuck moments with lyricism, that line was a what the fuck moment with lyricism. Things like that you just did not hear from anyone. Yeah, Cool G Rap has some great storytelling tracks. Yeah, Slick Rick has some great storytelling tracks. Yeah, if you listen to America's Most Cube has some great storytelling tracks But New York State of Mind Having dreams that I'm a gangster Drinking my wet, holding texts Investments and stocks Come on, man And I'm kind of butchering this Because I haven't It's been a little minute since I listened to New York State of Mind But it's a prolific song I haven't heard really anything like that since. So what he also did, he took storytelling and he made it more nuanced. He took the art of storytelling and penmanship and he was was able to to design this tapestry of social commentary, of descriptive imagery, of metaphor, and amalgamated all together to produce. A brilliant track, such as New York State of Mind, I remember an interview with Fat Joe, and Fat Joe was being interviewed, and he was asked about illmatic and he and and he was asked about the importance of that song and I remember him saying i'm i'm I don't want to misquote fat Joe because i I love that brother and I love his catalog and I love his contribution to hip hop, but I remember him saying that. In that time prior to Illmatic, the impetus for every rapper was just to be rugged, to be hardcore, to be the toughest MC on the microphone. That was the impetus for MCs in that particular period. And... He also indicated that Illmatic destroyed that. Illmatic made you have to say something. It may you have to be a little bit more intricate with your lyricism. A little bit more nuanced. And I don't just think that's relegated to New York hip-hop. I think that's across the globe. Illmatic established a new paradigm Of putting words together. Of writing and crafting songs. People even tried to emulate that style after he came out. Nobody was really rapping like Nas. Another song off of Illmatic that I think is a masterpiece and probably... This song I'm about to talk about is probably my favorite song ever, and and I'm not even just talking about the hip, the genre of hip-hop. I'm talking about across the board. If you look at whatever genre you pick, I'm just talking about music, art, and creativity. This particular song is probably my favorite song of all time, and that particular song is The World Is Yours. I, that's probably one of the songs in hip-hop I know verbatim. Just the way he starts off. I sip to Don P. Watching Gandhi till I'm charged. Then writing in my book of rhymes. All the words past the margin. To hold the mic I'm throbbing. Mechanical movements. Understandable smooth shit that murderers move with. Yo. I'm listening to this. Like what in the fuck is a guy at 17 year old, 17 years old thinking coming up with this stuff? And then I and then I think about the imagery like um every MC has a rhyme book. A lot of brothers and sisters I know now that rap they actually type a lot of their stuff on the computer. But I'm picturing uh, when I'm when I'm listening to this song, I'm I'm picturing Nas and it's Queensbridge and he's with his 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 brothers or he's alone and he's he's thinking of all of these brilliant, beautiful, intricate concepts and 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 there's a a a a, a organized chaos to his rhyme book and there maybe you know lines here and metaphors here and. And, and, and imagery and you know it and to to the to the to the untrained eyes it's like chaotic and and wild but it's 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 a it's a brilliance and a in a and a met, methodology there that that's that's coming together to produce brilliance and genius and 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 i see this when he he says writing it in my book of rhymes, all the words past the margin wow The thief steam play me at night. They won't act right. The fiend of hip hop has got me stuck like a crack pipe. The mind activation react like I'm facing time, like Pappy Mason with pins. I'm embracing like. So what you're getting now is you're getting the lyricism. You're getting the imagery. But then also what you're getting in addition to that is Pappy Mason, and, uh, which was a street legend that is, is, is referenced in this particular song. You're, you're getting a glimpse into the mind of a brilliant poet encapsulating his environment around him through word, through simile. Through metaphor. Brilliance. Now. Here's another important thing. About the world is yours. From this song. A line. Arises. And we'll see this line. Again. With another legendary. MC. in the the world is yours, Nas says, I'm out for presidents to represent me, say what, I'm out for presidents to represent me, say what, I'm out for dead presidents to represent me, whose world is this, the world is yours, you know, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, whose world, so why is that important, so I mean, If you're a fan of hip-hop, even if you're a casual, you already know I'm about to go with this. This line was sampled in Dead Presidents, which is a classic and legendary track by Jay-Z, who is another guy who probably is top, at least somewhere in the top five of all time. Some people claim he's the GOAT. Not for me personally. I think Nas is the greatest rapper of all time. I'll put Jay at number two, but once again, that's going to come down to being subjective and to to your own predilection and, and what you like in music. But nonetheless, that came about. And even when uh, Jay Z and Nas uh, had their beef, and I can't remember what song it was. It might have been Takeover, where Jay was talking about the Dead Presidents song. I don't think he. I don't think he referenced Dead Presidents by name. But, uh, I mean, if you, if you were fans of the music, you would already know, but he said something to the effect of, you know, you made it a hot long, you made it a hot line. I made it a hot song. So he said something to that effect. But anyway, you get that from the world is yours. Um, and like I said, the world is yours is probably my favorite song ever. Truly, I, I I don't think I have a rap song that I like more than The World Is Yours. Once again, that's my own preference. That's, you know, what I enjoy. Um, I mean, other classic tracks on Illmatic, Life's a Bitch. Um, AZ, listen, uh, AZ said one of the most prolific things as well. And when, when I say prolific, as far for, for me, when I say prolific in hip-hop... Your line has to meet a set of criteria, or the piece of your verse has to meet a specific set of criteria. Like, so for example, for me, with your verse, your verse has to, um, your verse has to, um, it has to have a little bit of social critique, has to be creative, has to have some wordplay aspect to it. And in AZ's verse on Life's a Bitch, I love it because he says, uh, visualizing the realism of life, in actuality, fuck who's the baddest. A person's status depends on salary. And I love that because in that short bit, it gives you a, a synopsis of you know the, moda, the modus operandi of capital, capitalism. I said capitalism. Of capitalism. We uh we 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 acquiesce to the dollar and we acquiesce to those who have been able to uh quantify quantify their value, if you will, uh through the means of our current uh monetary system. I love that line. And I, I just Love Nas verse on air. You know, I woke up I woke up early on my born day. I'm 20, it's a blessing. The essence of adolescence leave my body li- now he said the essence of adolescence in my body now fresh my physical my physical frame is celebrated because I made it. Man, listen, life's a bitch. Um one love where he basically writes a prison letter. And also when I'm forgetting to mention about Illmatic is that he had an all-star team of producers. You have DJ Premier. Matter of fact, when DJ Premier was on Drink Champs, I don't know if it was... I don't think it was this year. I think it was last year. DJ Premier was on Drink Champs. And if you've listened to Illmatic, on Illmatic at the beginning of New York State of Mind, you hear someone say, yo, Black, it's time. And DJ Premier indicated that when they recorded New York State of Mind, for one, which is brilliant to me... Nas did that song in one take, which is fucking crazy. So Nas did the song in one take. Not only that, he had I think Premiere, I don't want to exaggerate. So if you listen to the to the uh, Drink Champs podcast and shout out to Drink Champs, if you listen to that podcast with DJ Premiere, uh I think he said that Nas had like 20 men, 20 men paused uh in the booth with him or what have you or at least a lot of people around in the booth and through all of the chaos, was able to deliver probably one of the most brilliant storytelling tracks full of imagery in hip-hop history. And, uh, you know, yeah, Pete Rock, who produced The World Is Yours, Q-Tip produced One Love. And One Love was really unique because I think Nas, one thing I I want to give Nas props on, and I think others have given Nas props on as well, is that he's probably one of the most creative people when it comes to storytelling. And I know this 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 particular episode is really just kind of bigging up Illmatic and and talking about it as far as his contribution uh, relevant to Black History Month. But um, if you look at Nas, you look at Illmatic. So we get New York State of Mind and we get One Love. You listen to It Was Written... You know, it was written, we get I Gave You Power, where he uh, does personification in the form of a gun, um, and raps in that particular style, and he had, you know, throughout his career, he had stuff like, um, you know, Rewind, and Second Childhood, and um, man, just... (sighs) It's a a lot. He has a lot of epic storytelling tracks, extremely creative. And you have to really give him his props as being one of the greatest minds in hip hop. Um, You know, and Q-Tip did an amazing job on on, uh, One Love. You know, you have Halftime, which was on the Zebrahead soundtrack, uh, represent Memory Lane. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) <laughs> I could sit, like I could sit here for like twenty hours and talk about Illmatic and and everything that was epic to me. But I also want to mention how Illmatic. Oh, before I mention that, let me mention it ain't hard to tell because that's actually my ringtone for my phone. It ain't hard to tell. is probably one of the most poetic rap songs ever made. I mean, I, every verse. It ain't hard to tell. I excel. The microphone checker. I attract clientele. My microphone's life or death. Breathing the sniper's breath. I exhale the yellow smoke of Buddha through righteous steps. Deep like the shining. I sparkle like a diamond. I sneak a Uzi on the island in my army jacket lining. Come on, beautiful, poetic. This automatic explosion. What your frame of mind is choked. What your frame of mind is chosen. I leave your brain stimulated. Niggas is frozen deep. Uh, deep with criminal sling. Begin like a violin. And like a in like Leviathan is deep like well, let me try again. Come on. Beautiful song. Probably I'll take that back. The world is yours, and it ain't hard to tell are tied for my two favorite hip-hop songs ever. It's a tie between the both of those songs. Love them. Love it. I mean, it's 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 epic. It's an amazing song. Um so I have to mention that. But I also want to talk about because there was a period in my life where I used to I considered myself an MC. I really don't consider myself an MC at the moment because pardon me. I feel like for you to truly be an MC, you really have to be consistent with your craft you have to become more polished you have to you know put out consistent work there are many times where I do feel like picking up a pen again i might do it one day i'm not sure but what's important here is that illmatic not only impacted me and influenced me as an mc but illmatic also impacted me and influenced me as a thinker as well because what hip hop is 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 can do, and, and the beauty of hip hop is that you can give so much in a rhyme, you can give so much in a verse, and things that scholars may take years to disseminate can be disseminated more expeditiously through hip hop music. And what Nas gave us was a snapshot not only into the plight, not only into the struggle of black folks living in Queensbridge or Queens, New York. But what he did was he provided an accurate look and a synopsis into the plight of what happens to a lot of black men in many of these urban areas. Because when you get down to it, Queensbridge is Southeast D.C. Queensbridge is South Richmond, Queensbridge is 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 uh South Central LA. Queensbridge could be Cabrini Green. What are we dealing with? We're dealing with poverty. We're dealing with rape, systemic racism. We're dealing with drugs, we're dealing with crime. We're dealing with a myriad of other factors that affect many black people living in these low income areas. And I think it's genius to mix that sort of social commentary through metaphor, through simile, through imagery, and through song, and to do it in a way that's so prolific that your album is almost immortal, it's immortalized, and that's how Elmatic impacted me, and I think Illmatic, I'm not going to say I think I know, Illmatic is a milestone not just in hip-hop music, but it's a milestone in black music in general. It's a milestone in music in general. It is black history. It is a piece of art that is worthy of being in a museum. Many of his peers recognizes that. And I think many of us in hip-hop recognize that. And it's not to say that Nas didn't make great music after Illmatic. He did. He made he continued to make prolific music throughout his whole career. He continued to make thought-provoking music throughout his whole career. That's not to say that he didn't. But I think Illmatic is just a stamp on early 90s hip-hop. And it transcended. Time It transcended so many of his peers are around over time. Yeah, Ready to Die came out in 1994. Another brilliant milestone album, another epic album that I might talk about at a later time. But we have to appreciate the paradigm shift that Nas uh, presented in hip hop that arguably hasn't really been done since. So I wanted to contribute that and and talk about Nas, Nasir Jones from Queensbridge, from Queens, New York, and his contribution to black history and him being able to shift the paradigm of a whole genre of music. Listen, thank you for joining me this week for this episode of No Truths Bard. Once again, if you're not following me, make sure you follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also... Share, like, and comment on the No Truths Bar podcast. I thank you so much. And this has been episode 25, Classic Corner Illmatic. And once again, I'm your host, Toy Kawaku Timmons. I thank you for following me. Thank you for listening to this episode. Much peace, much blessings, much respect. Until next time, peace.